Thanks for joining the Rethink and Retool podcast with Mayhul Mankad, MD, where we take a look at the people side of healthcare and new ideas about enhancing overall well-being. So welcome. The doctor is in the house. Welcome to Rethink and Retool, sponsored by Alliance Health. This is Mayhul Mankad, psychiatrist and chief medical officer for Alliance. What if you had a successful career spanning a decade and a half as a professional athlete? What would you do as your second act in life? Would you rest on your accomplishments and keep taking victory laps? Or would you harness your skills and status for a greater purpose? Spending a few minutes listening to Steve Smith, one of the most successful wide receivers in NFL history, and you will immediately know his answer. Let's get started. All right. Steve Smith. Yes, sir. Legendary drummer for the band Journey. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I I actually do know that. And uh, uh, Steve Smith, the drummer, Steve Smith, the football player, we both are bald. So, ha ha. (laughs) I imagine y'all don't get confused very much. No, did you know there's another guy, though, that is Steve Smith, uh, who's a cricket player in Australia. Did you know that, Dr. M? You know what? I, when I was uh, doing my research on you, I came across the cricket player. He's a little bit younger than you and the other Steve Smith. Yes, he is. Uh, we, yeah. We've actually talked through social media, so that's pretty cool. We're supposed to meet up one time, but you know this whole COVID thing. Right, right, right. You know, I would like a picture of all three Steve Smiths. That would be cool. That would be actually, if you put both Steve Smiths on the outside and me in the middle, that'd be a reverse Oreo. (laughs) Um, So, Steve, uh, again, I want to thank you for for spending a few minutes with us. The the piece that I want to hear about, Mm -hmm. uh, if you could share, you know, you have done so much. Uh, as a professional athlete and have been very successful. And now you're kind of pivoting to career number two as a pillar of the community and a philanthropist. And you know, I'd really just like to understand how you get from point A to point B. Hmm. Well, that's a, that, that, that's a fantastic question. And uh, I'm not going to shortcut it. It's basically it really started for me um, I had the unique opportunity to work with a lot of organizations here in Charlotte. Charlotte, uh, they, they do a few things very well. One, you know, obviously banking is coming to Charlotte left and right. Um, you know, 100 people a day are moving to Charlotte left and right. Wow. And then uh, kids sports, right? And so my kids have been here. But then there's another thing that uh, a ton of community service, right? Charlotte does is a lot of organizations. It's a lot of community-based organizations. It's a lot of organizations for profit that still service the community, that give services to the community. And so I had the opportunity to work with an organization called Samaritan's Feet um, and with Manny Ahome. And Manny and Tracy are homemade. And I had the opportunity um, to do that. But in my football days, I would do a, I would do a lot of internships uh, trying to figure out, you know, what's shocking is I didn't believe I was probably going to – I didn't believe I was going to get beyond seven or eight years 
playing professional football. Um, and so I was always in the off season, always doing something. I was always uh, interning. I took a two-year internship through Morgan Stanley. Um, I tried to get an internship with Pepsi. Um, I, I tried to get an internship with uh, 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 the U.S. Postal Service, uh, UPS, uh, FedEx. I was always trying to figure out because I, I, I really believe that um, this football career wasn't going to last forever. And what was I going to do? Um, that was very problematic at home because I always wasn't present. I was always on the go. Um, and, and so because of my uh, involvement with Samaritan's Feet, that allowed me to really see an unbelievable organization, to see how they were doing things. However, I was challenged because they were, I was still a young man who had desires of seeing the world, right? I'm, I love to travel. Uh, wanted to, you know, impact the world, wanted to be, um, uh, wanted to be, you know, husband, father, just all these different things. And so when I was working with Samaritan's Feet, there were times where, well, I had commitment with Samaritan's Feet, but then I had a commitment at the house, or I had a commitment with the Carolina Panthers, or I had a commitment here, or I wanted to go on a trip here, and I wanted to do this. And so with all that, there were some days that working with Samaritan's Feet was not at the top 20 of my list. I want to do other things. And I believe the reason why is because it wasn't my mission. It wasn't something that touched me. I didn't grow up in Africa. I visited Africa several times. I did not grow up in Africa with no shoes. I did not understand the things that Manny Ahome had going through as a young man to get to America. So because of that, that really did not, it wasn't my drive every day, like it was Manny's. And so I started to, and, 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 you know, and I say this with all due respect, I was not impacted by anybody for breast cancer. So breast cancer awareness was, I understood it, but it wasn't something that impacted me. And because of that, there were days where I'm like, man, I don't feel like, I don't feel like serving. I'm not interested in their mission statement because it was not my mission. And I didn't create the statement. And so, be, you know, and so I started to, so I took a little time off and then I started to say, if I want to do something, I have to do something that has impacted me. Uh. And so by doing that, so when I started my foundation, I sought out permission first from my mother to tell our story of what we experienced. My mother as a survivor of domestic violence, me as a child of witnessing my mother survive domestic violence, who was not my father. My father did not touch my mom. Um, and so by doing that, we started the foundation was helping folks in domestic violence, helping mothers in domestic violence. And then it kind of spread because there's also, you don't want to cannibalize yourself to where, well, there's an athlete that's talking about domestic violence. And then you have all these people like Safe Alliance, Turning Point, all these organizations here in Charlotte and the surrounding counties and cities 
that have been around 20, 30 years doing great work. And so we, so when I started, I actually started my foundation by hiring a consulting firm to run it. And it was a private foundation. And so by doing that, we started helping and partnering with local organizations like Safe Alliance, right? Giving their kids opportunities to go to summer camp while their mothers uh, and some of the and some men fathers would rebuild their lives after fleeing the situation, uh, getting a ton of courage, and helping them as they go look for work and go on job interviews and do uh, the counseling. They were able to these kids were able to hang out in, in summer camps while their parents get back on track. And so that was some of the things that we did. And then, you know, and so it just kind of gone on from there. And then we started to realize in domestic violence that the, the psychological, or should I say the lack of psychological support and what they experience also in those processes of, you know, coming out of domestic violence. And so we were approached about doing uh, a medical clinic. And um, there was with 658, uh, Project 658, great foundation. They approached us, said, hey, would you partner with us in doing some things? And so we sat down and, and coincided. I was in Baltimore, tore my Achilles, and now I have all this time on my hands. And so I'm meeting with Project 658 on this, uh, on, on this clinic that they had a concept about. And so I was, and I'm like, well, why, where's this coming from? Well, they were doing clinics on the weekends for like a hundred people at a time. And so they approached me about partnering with them with a clinic. And I, I heard him, we met and we met and we met. And then knowing what I was dealing with going through my injury, I was like, you know, I know I'm struggling mentally. We need to be able to, I will do it really. And I said this, I will, I will assist and be part of helping us get this clinic off the ground under one condition. And they said, what? Actually, it was two conditions, two conditions. One, that my foundation owns the building. And that kind of didn't sit well. Like, well, why? Because I believe in ownership. I don't believe in, uh, you know, renting. I think renting is you're, you're making other people profitable by renting. And two, I said, we must do counseling. If we don't do counseling, I'm not involved. If we do counseling, I'll do it. So speaking of counseling, uh, we're about to take a break. And when we come back, I want to hear more about one of the big projects that you're involved in, in the Charlotte area. Um, but we've got, a, we've got an important question to ask Steve right when we come back. At Alliance, we see healthcare differently than some. Every day, we walk alongside the people we serve on their chosen path to recovery and self-determination. We believe in healthcare that concentrates on the whole person, including support that promotes physical, social, emotional, and financial well-being, and housing security. Helping people live healthier, more satisfying lives. That's the Alliance way. So, Steve, when you were at the peak, the pinnacle of your athletic career, my guess is that you were on a, uh, a special diet. 
uh, that you were in this kind of training mode. Would you agree or no? A special diet? Well, you know, like high protein or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, like, you know, whatever the trainers yeah. say you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, you know, my question to you is now at this stage in your life, are there things that you allow yourself to eat that you did not before? I, th you know, I, I would say, uh, my waistline would say a little bit more sweets than usual. Uh-huh. So, any, any sweet in particular? Uh, I love red vines. Okay. Like red vines, crazy delicious. Not to it, red vines, old school. So when I go to the theater, red vines and popcorn, and I kind of try to eat them at the same time. That that salty sweet. I got you. I, I've been eating red vines since I was <laughs> probably seven, eight years old. Wow. All right. All right. Well, you heard it here. Red vines, Steve Smith. Um, so. You were talking about counseling yeah. and the yes. importance of counseling. Uh, one of the elements that seems to be lacking in the Charlotte area that you're in the process of fixing uh, is this concept of behavioral health urgent care. Mm -hmm. what, what, what is your vision for yeah. something like that? Because I don't think a lot of people understand what that even is. So let, let's be honest. I have a dog. Uh, we, we, we know we have a family pet. Um, sure. And we love her. And if something were to happen to her right now, we could take it to her urgent care. That's okay? right. If, you know, I've broken a bone before one of my, you know, my, my, actually our son did not see our, our, our dog Tiga fell backwards, braced his fall and fractured his forearm. Right. Okay. And we took him to an urgent care. All right. Okay. However, there is no urgent care for the mind. There's an urgent care for physical. There's an urgent care for animals. But there is nothing for the mind. And I had, I hired it before it was cliche. I had a, I had a sports psychologist on staff that I met with once a week starting in February of 2002 till about, probably about 10 years. That allowed wow. and, and, and allowed me to understand the power of my mind, the power of negative self-talk, the power of resetting, visualization of, of, of doing your work and, and, and then going back out there in deja vu. So I, I was I, and my my sports psychologist primarily worked with golfers. Because of golf is such a psychological sport. Oh, I see. Right? Sergio Garcia is a great example of a guy who's at a young age who had all the potential but was unable to psychologically keep it all together. And football is a very psychological and emotional sport, but more emotion and I believe even more psychological because the emotion leads to success mistakes, uh, becoming unhinged, unfocused, right? You could tell, you know, you, you can't tell as much on TV, but inside of a stadium, you can sense momentum shifting in a ball game. Mm -hmm. And generally when momentum shifts with a team, you, you can look at the sideline 
and you can start to see things becoming unraveled. You can see body, uh, you can see people's body language. Are they hunched over? Are they, are they sprinting onto the field? Are they walking and moping, right? Those are the things psychologically that as athletes, we notice, we pick up on, we, we look, we analyze, uh, scouts are looking at that. Is he emotionally capable? Is he emotionally, is he, is he emotional head case or not? Um, and obviously, you know, you talk about, you know, in the pandemic, you talk about the last dance with Michael Jordan, the best guy in that that I thought was very misunderstood, but psychologically knew what he was doing. Now he got off the hinges at times, but Dennis Rodman knew exactly what he was doing, how to do that. And so for me, this behavioral health, or we call it BHUC, this behavioral health urgent care is a place where people can get assessment and understanding because understand this, right? I'm a father of, I'm a father of four. Not one of my beautiful kids have ever gotten sick or had an issue at nine o'clock in the in the morning, like when everything is ready, like right. when 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 the nurses are in, they've had their cup of coffee. When we're ready on our off day, they always get hurt, get sick, fall under weather. Tough times come at the wee hours of the night or morning. I've never had a kid puke at 10 o'clock in after at 10 o'clock in the morning when I'm ready and I my, my schedule is clean. Right? They generally come, oh mommy, daddy, my stomach hurts at one, two, three, four in the morning. That's right. And so I believe this urgent care is a great opportunity. Two, 24 hours a day, 365 days, to be able to get assessed and, and helped. In the wee hours, in the times at seven o'clock in the afternoon when everything's closed, to be able to do the same thing that we've unfortunately done with our kids, which is when they, you know, they get physically injured. What about when they get emotionally injured? And our behavioral health uh, urgent care gives us an opportunity here in Charlotte for the very first time to address, to hold. Uh, to embrace every aspect of behavioral health that affects everyone. And most importantly, starting at the age of three and up. Wow. Wow. So uh, all kinds of people are welcome. Every kind, every shape, size, age, creed, color, race, you name it. That's amazing. When you um, are struggling yourself, mm -hmm. what keeps you going? Um, Why right do you do what you do? Right now, I journal. Right now, I'm at that phase where I'm journaling, um, really writing out, you know, how I feel and what I'm feeling. Um, it's been probably a year process now for me that I actually, at 43 years, no, years old, at the first time in my life, I actually know how I feel and why I feel that way. Wow. <clears throat> well, Steve, I want to thank you for your time and for your contribution to making Charlotte and this world a better place. Well, I appreciate it. Um, Alliance, um, Daymark, Mecklenburg County um, have done an 
outstanding job of allowing my foundation also shout out to my executive director, uh, Michelle Hunt, um, allowing us to go down this path entrusting us um, with Mecklenburg County's most important people. We appreciate you. Thank you. The Rethink and Retool Healthcare in the New Era podcast is produced by Alliance Health, a North Carolina public managed care organization. The show is produced by Brandon Alexander. Our associate producer is Denise Dirks and executive producer is Doug Fuller. View our show notes and hear other episodes at alliancehealthplan.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.